0: All right, welcome to the Footy Museum and the Footy Museum podcast. I know I'm not supposed to get that loud, but I get so excited. (laughs) I love that intro music. I am Justin Whitty, co director of the Footy Museum, and I am joined as always by the biggest Bamford fan in the world, Maria Van Dykenlee, who is also co director of the Footy Museum,
1: aka the Patrick Bamford Club. (laughs) The
0: Patrick Bamford, (laughs) the PBP, Patrick Bamford pals.
1: Bamford, I like that. The, the Bamford Palace. The Bamford
0: Chronicles. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Patrick Bamford. How are you, Maria?
1: I am uh, feeling good. Good. I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, your your team, these leads united five straight. That's not counting.
1: It's been a great New the, Year. The cup. Um, yeah.
0: It's it's really going good. You have all sorts <laughs> of haircuts. That's the only thing I tune in for is the haircuts.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the haircuts keep people coming back. It's true. Well, no, uh, unstoppable Leeds United right now, which is great because I honestly didn't think that they would be at the start of the season. I was like, there's no way they're getting that automatic promotion spot, but it, things are looking, it's looking good. Pretty good. It's are looking, looking pretty good. Things are looking pretty good. But
0: so nothing is done until no. it's, I, I think the, the old saying is nothing is done until it's complete. Is That's that the, catchy, old, isn't it? the old saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and of course, the um, the last five weeks of Chicago Fire also undefeated in league play. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are.
0: No, they haven't. You know, I think, I believe Hugo Kuypers arrives in Chicago today. Really? The day of our recording. From Belgium? Yes. And then um, the, the season starts this week.
1: It's Wh- incredible. Wednesday
0: is Inter-Miami FC versus RSL, <laughs> the matchup we've all dreamed of. <laughs> Glad we had all that taken care of. Um, There is something, and we're going to talk a little bit about the MLS starting in our uh, podcast later this week. Um, But one thing related to MLS that just came up, as in like moments ago, I was reading about it. In the ongoing saga with the U.S. Open Cup, MLS, who clearly does not want to participate...
1: They don't, they don't,
0: they don't. ...have apparently insisted that they only um, be... Required to allow eight of their teams, of their 29 teams to participate. Is
1: that the the ones who didn't qualify for uh CONCACAF?
0: Maybe. Is I that don't right? know. They haven't they haven't said how they would break up. And then they they demand forty percent revenue from <gasps> the away games of these struggling teams that rely on this for I think it's just I think it's 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 awful.
1: That I mean, it's just so with, ridiculous. It is, we've we've been talking about sportsmanship uh, here in the past couple of weeks. That's right. In the history of uh, the game in the U.S. and um, this isn't very sportsmanlike from the MLS.
0: Well, again, it's cynical. Like waiting again, waiting after their first response was so unpopular. Mm-hmm. Waiting to the beginning of the season again, trying to bury it. Um, that. They are trying to kill the oldest co- Open Cup competition, one of the oldest in the world, in the U.S. You and I have been doing a lot of research on soccer in this country, and to think that the the leading footballing organization is trying to dismantle that history is, is so confusing and frustrating and cynical. Um, I just don't get it.
1: It's unfortunate, definitely, yeah. especially if you consider that... MLS is still, I mean, it's decades old, of course, but it's still kind of a baby.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's a baby, league-wise. Yeah. And the other thing that's frustrating, these demands like, well, we only want eight of our teams to play. Leave it out to the teams. And it's not like these teams mm. can't loosen some of your roster rules so these teams can bring up some of the younger players. You know what I mean? So you're not mm-hmm. risking your your first team. But what they're worried about that is they might lose <laughs> and they're worried about their brand yeah, because... I mean, all after this preseason, they just know that what built the brand is a successful international tour, and that <laughs> is just like a successful one. The polish uh-huh. on the gold of the MLS what crown. But there's interesting. Uh, another interesting thing about it is that I don't think that they're really in tune with their players and their clubs. Mm. So MLS. Um, and back to MLS. I don't think that they're in tune. Uh, this week, I had the uh, pleasure of going to the kit release party for the Chicago Fire, Return to Red, um,
1: an exclusive event. Not uh, only Chicago's yeah. finest are invited. I think there to. was like
0: thirteen of fourteen of us there. It was for, no, no, a, <laughs> it was a great event. Um, and Demarcus Beasley kind of did the announcement, and he is obviously a iconic fire player, U.S. Men's National Team player, and he mentioned his connection to. Uh, Chicago and wearing red and he talked about that's the uniform he first wore when he won a trophy. And that trophy was a U.S. open cup. Hmm. And you think about these air quote older teams in the league yeah, whose history are so tied into this cup. So by killing the competition, you're also really killing the history of value of these clubs uh-huh. that they have and build around. So I don't understand it brand wise. I think that it's, um, It goes back to these owners worried about the value of their product. Um, And just a few. I think it's some that are just tipping the scales. And another related thing, I don't know, have you heard about this?
1: Uh, The USL
0: Super League?
1: No, what's happening?
0: So USL is launching its its, women's top flight league, Uh USL Super League. And they were granted D1 status by the US governing soccer body. Oh. So that means there are two top-level women's leagues in the country. And WSL and USL Super League are both oh. top leagues. Um, in the U.S. history, it's not the first time it's happened, but it's very interesting. It's also interesting that USL Super League kicks off their season in August, and their first season is listed as the 24-25 season, which means they'll be following the international footballing calendar. Yeah. So that's in line with international breaks. That's in line with trade windows. And now if you think about that Mm -hmm. in context with all the other moves that USL is making, saying we might do pro-rel, if in fact MLS does not, uh, MLS through is contractually obligated to compete in all major competitions like the US Open Cup at risk supposedly of losing their D1 status. Yeah. And now that there's
1: another D1...
0: Well, and I wonder if this is U.S. Soccer kind of saying the the governing body saying, "Look, we're willing to do this." You know yeah. what I mean? It's no longer the days where MLS is the marketing agent of U.S. Soccer; they're they're finally fully separate entities. Um, so, I think that there's there's something there. And now for women's soccer, this poses a really Interesting question as well, because now you have these two leagues and from completely different cities. You know, there's not a lot of overlap. There's going to be one in um, Madison, I believe. Oh. Yeah. And, but you have them playing the global calendar, which I think is great. Uh-huh. It's not clear to me. It's probably out there. I haven't had ch- time to look at it, If they're going to be doing pro-rel or not. They should.
1: That um, can only make them stronger.
0: And I think with the history of NWSL, There is an opportunity there. And the other side, NWSL is just invested so much money, growing so strong. So this could create a lot of confusion. It can create a lot more opportunity for uh, women athletes to play at the top level in the U.S. Yes. But I think this ties into the story of what's going on with U.S. soccer and MLS Mm -hmm. and USL as well. So that's going to be interesting to watch.
1: I love that there's more opportunity Um, how long do you think it can last with two Division I leagues?
0: This could be very much like one of those U.S. moments, especially when you go to the USL Super League page. Most of the teams listed don't even have brand identities yet.
1: This will be fun to watch.
0: Like what the roster situation, and they start playing in August. I mean, there's enough talent to go around. I think what would be great is if they if they came to some agreement to play some sort of cup competition yeah. at the end. But it is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, Speaking so interesting. of interesting, in the women's game, did you see this?
1: Is this an apology?
0: From from Lindsay Horan.
1: Okay, let's see what she says.
0: Lindsay had some time to think about her comment <laughs> that Americans are stupid. <laughs> she said, some of my comments were poorly expressed and there was a massive lesson learned for me. That's oh, fair.
1: that's good. Okay, that's good.
0: That's not about you, Lindsay. <laughs> no, it's fair. While I think about our fans, I love them so much. When I think about our fans, I love them so much. The team loves them so much, and I can't begin to explain how much they mean to us. Every time we step out and train, every time we step out and play in games, you know we play for you guys. You're our inspiration, our motivation, And seeing you wear our jerseys and seeing you screaming our names and chanting USA, that's what we play for. And I never wanted to take any of that away. Continuing on that, the soccer culture in America is changing and growing so much in such a positive way. For me to experience that firsthand playing for the U.S. women's national team, but also the NWSL and for the Portland Thorns is something just so amazing. It is my absolute honor, and I will always say that, to be able to put this on... Put on this crest every single day. Was she wear it every day? That's really Maybe right.
1: she has pajamas or okay. something. Okay.
0: <laughs> to be in this environment, to go out and play in front of our fans and represent this national team, that is something. <laughs> again, it is my greatest honor. The last thing I wanted to do was to offend anyone in that matter. So again, I deeply, deeply apologize. What are your thoughts?
1: I would just love to know what she did mean. Yeah. Like they were poorly her thoughts were poorly expressed. So express them well. What was her real thought right. that she meant? Because I trust that maybe she had something to say. And we talked about mm-hmm. maybe our own interpretation of what she might have meant.
0: That's true. But
1: I would love to know what she did mean to say.
0: Yeah, I think that maybe she meant part of what she said. Yeah. And I think that the massive lesson for her maybe was
1: hold your tongue, hold your tongue
0: <laughs> and there can be massive repercussions <laughs> for your career by just mounting off uh-huh. things like that. And I think maybe another massive lesson was it doesn't make sense to not only insult your fan base, but also the league in which you came up mm-hmm. in and your fellow players who still play in that league. Yeah. Um, so I wish all the best for Lindsay. Um, We look forward to seeing you play and we'll see how that plays out. One thing that probably won't happen is they won't be naming a train line after her because that is what they're doing in London. They are naming a new above ground train line after the women's national team, the lionesses, the yellow line, the lioness line. And it's the one that runs right by Wembley where they had, where they've had so much success. Two amazing things about that. That London is adding trains <laughs> to the nice. city as a US resident. That just seems like why is it 1892? <laughs> do people add trains to cities?
1: They do and they oh, should got- to Chicago because we need a city orbital train. Oh,
0: we need yeah. that's we need so many. So that's amazing. But I
1: thought that was really cool. So yeah, that's very cool.
0: There won't be a Haran train anytime no. in the future.
1: Um, I mean, I'd take it. I'd take a Chicago orbital train that was called the Haran line.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's my thought. If When the when the Fire win MLS Cup and the U.S. Open Cup this year, I think they should rename the red line the men in red line. Ah. <laughs> yeah. But they may not win anything that easily because if you heard about the referee situation? Oh, yeah. The Union of Referees and MLS rejected uh, negotiations from pro referees. So it looks like the we will be starting the, the league next week with 66 replacement referees.
1: That nothing could possibly go wrong oh, with it's gonna just go some, some replacement yeah. referees. Cause we love the referees. We have so much already.
0: Yeah. The top ones are so good. <laughs> <laughs> now it's reassured that everyone has experience from around the world. Okay. Um, uh, from college to um, national team okay. to in other countries. I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see the range of ages. Uh-huh. An experience. And a lot of the fans and even the teams don't seem to be that worried about it. I think after the first game, when when Lionel Messi gets two yellow cards in the first two minutes, there mm-hmm. might be a there might be some reconsideration. So it will be interesting to see that as well. There's going to be some wild calls and throw in var. Mm-hmm. which is always fun.
1: And who's going to be in charge of VAR?
0: Um, I think there's one person carrying over, but otherwise it's going to be these replacements.
1: One person's carrying over. Are they a scab? I don't
0: know. But as we know, there's nothing complex ref, about referees VAR. referees
1: stick together, though. Oh. Like, that's part of the culture. That's together. why we got the
0: rat, the inflatable rat. That's what I'm showing. <laughs> these scabs. We're playing with scabs. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. So that is going to be
1: That'll very be fun. A little, interesting. That'll be a fun little... Um,
0: a, little, a little, little side thing, a little, little side, side flavor, line. a little salt on top yeah. of American soccer. Um, hopefully they won't have to deal with remote control cars, which is what they're dealing with in Germany, as German fans continue to protest the potential of the Bundesliga selling 9% of their broadcast rights to outside investors. <sighs> uh, German fans are very proud of the 50 plus one rule, which guarantees yes. the fans say and... in. in everything that happens with their clubs, very democratic, very true to the sport. And they don't like these plans that the Bundesliga says they need to be able to compete with these other uh, clubs and teams and leagues in the world.
1: The Bundesliga seems to be doing fine. Am I, I wrong so. about that? But it's, but the whole thing is
0: doing fines, not enough anymore. You have to be uh, doing like Uber fine. At what cost? <laughs> I think it's short sighted because why work so hard to, to create the same product the rest of the world's creating. That's true. I think yeah. one thing I the more I learn about that league, I love the power of the fans in that league yeah. and the passion. And I love that they put flares on remote control cars and drive them around the stadium. They're getting
1: creative. That is some German engineering right yeah. there.
0: And actually MLS looked at that and a three of the games are going to be refed by one person with, with a remote, a remote control with an RC and just a car. GoPro on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Running out with a little red card tape to it. <laughs> um anyway back to the EPL uh, did you have you watched the recent just um annihilations being handed out by Arsenal and Liverpool oh they they seem like they're really geared up and city uh, tied with Chelsea uh-huh. this weekend so they drop points so it's really looking like yeah Arsenal and Liverpool both have a shot uh-huh. um, which is exciting and I feel bad for any any like team like below fifth place playing them they just they just seem to be just relentless just i don't know what arteta's doing to the well i think the liverpool side's clear they're always pretty pretty strong Mm -hmm. um but i think on the liverpool side the Klopp narrative mm
1: -hmm. they're always a strong team they gotta win it for Klopp.
0: and arsenal is just kind of really pushing through and it's exciting i hope that there is a, a race at the top
1: i hope so too it's it's
0: these poor struggling teams of Arsenal, Liverpool, hate, well, out of nowhere. How ready
1: are we to see, <laughs> like, just after last season and after everything going on in the city, just like anybody but city winning is, yes. the, the world is on their side, really. Look,
0: this is the year for, for teams in red. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. Hey. So, hey, look at that. Look at that. Oh. The Man City thing makes me think of a little conversation I had on with some people online this week about Champions League versus Europa League.
1: On threads? You were on threads? It was on threads. You're having this conversation on threads where...
0: That's where the best conversations happen.
1: Footy threads. Footy
0: museum brought to you by Meta. (laughs) I wish.
1: (laughs) Answer our customer support emails, Meta. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. Um, But I I just posed the question, like, which... Just from a footballing entertainment standpoint, mm-hmm. is a better competition. Now they're both UEFA competitions, and just structurally Europa is is a step down because it's non qualifying championship teams. With the one of the big benefits for the winner or um, the top levels is to then qualify for mm-hmm. championship. But uh, in consideration of like what you were just saying about the EPL and Man City. Mm-hmm. At what point does uh, at what point is there no return on improvement and, and quality For, in, in playing?
1: versus entertainment? Factor. Versus
0: entertainment and authenticity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So say like you can break 100 some rules, you can get every top player in the world, have a state-sponsored team that can buy everyone, and you are just an unstoppable machine. At what point, as a fan, Does that stop uh, providing returns versus actual sport, actual competition? And my thought on it is, Europa League has more allows because of a slightly lower quality set of teams, more diverse teams, for more chance, still excellent teams, still excellent teams,
1: world class teams, teams.
0: absolutely. But it seems like that there is, especially in later games, there's more variables. Um, where the unexpected can happen yeah. um, and it's not so centralized into the same few teams and I just thought that was an interesting topic more broadly when it comes to global soccer and sport like at what point does that endless pushing no longer matter mm-hmm. so like Leeds is in the championship they in year. the
1: championship still but so much are fun are you not watch. enjoying
0: it do uh, people not like Wrexham <laughs> yeah. Pe- are people
1: actually watching Wrexham games
0: <laughs> They're watching the (laughs) recaps. I think they are. And and they're definitely traveling there. And at least even, and there's a lot of people definitely keeping track, you Mm -hmm. know, but I, I I just wonder like, is it worth kind of the destruction of so many things like U S open cup, like, Mm -hmm. like parody in these other leagues just to have perfect products for a few people to own. And it seems counter to the ideals of, of, sport doesn't it
1: it does it's not Um, it's not like an american's ideal of sport either based <laughs> on what we value in like movies for example yeah the movies are always about underdog teams who rise to an occasion but through like scrappiness that's true right they're never perfect yeah. teams the russians are the perfect teams that we defeat yeah or Iceland in uh, Rocky wins in Rocky <laughs> Four. He doesn't lose. <laughs> right? So like these are the things we look to for drama and entertainment in in fiction or in narrative. Yeah. But it's not what the league products are producing in terms of in their search for perfection robots playing yeah. sport. That's I don't true. know. That's true. No, I think that's yeah. true.
0: And, and but I think universally people love to see kind of unex- the unexpected yeah. and love to see like pure passionate effort outperform just like precision wealth. And I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure, I'm you, sure city fans just love the precision, precision and dominance of city. Uh-huh. And that's great. They deserve that if, to, as fans.
1: Maybe the issues is that you can buy success. Yes. That's it. the issues is that you can buy success. Yes.
0: And also this this perpetual push forward, if it's killing most of the game just for the service of an unnecessary um, continual growth of precision at the very top it's it's not worth it, you know what I mean in my mind, it's not worth mm. it so so you know as as the Leading decision maker in the Premier League. I'm going to have to bring this up at our next luncheon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You really should. So
0: it's my turn to bring food too. We're going to have hot dogs. It's going to be good.
1: Oh, that'll be fun.
0: Um, <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on. That's just some of the brief things that I, that we thought were interesting. I'm no curious developing.
1: to see if, um, speaking of buying success, yes. if Inter Miami with all of their, um, with their roster and they've overspent on their roster, if they will see penalties for that.
0: So Inter Miami, who already were penalized for breaking roster rules in their first seasons, in fact, this is the first year they're getting out from under penalties from previously keeping three separate sets of books. Mm.
1: Awkward. Now
0: apparently are... <laughs>
1: they've got one in Google Sheets, <laughs> one in Excel, and one in Salesforce. Yes.
0: And, one just, and the one handwritten in like a notebook uh, was the one they were going off of.
1: That's David Beckham's David one. Beckham's.
0: Yeah. But now there's rumor that they are in danger of breaking the yet-to-be-defined yeah. 2024 league salary rules and that they have to shed players. Um... This on the tail end of much talked about disastrous preseason and also a sense that they are one of the leading factors behind this abandonment of the Open Cup. Mm. I think they're, they're still a very popular product in the league, but amongst actual fans, they are definitely vastly becoming the villains of the mm. league. I think if you watch, I think the on-field is a problem no one's really talking about. Um, at, I was speaking with two young uh, gentlemen this week and they're like, oh yeah, M- Miami's going to dominate the league. And I was like, you know, any other league, they would have been relegated last year. Yeah. And they've shown since that point that they no should
1: have been
0: no <laughs> And it's only a matter of time between the egos of the stars in that team get sick of not meeting their own expectation. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll know. find out starting Wednesday.
1: We'll see how fast those retirees get injured.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And have to warm the bench.
0: So what else? I'm looking forward to MLS starting, even though with all its problems, um, just cause I have more history connection yeah. with those teams. Um, but yeah, oof.
1: It'll be A lot fun. Of things going on. I'm looking forward to it starting too. Yeah. It'll be fun. Because that's
0: what we need, more games to watch. We do need we need some more games to watch, but it'll be
1: fun. Um I don't know. The energy, the local energy will be up. We'll get to go to games.
0: Yeah, getting to go in person again yeah. is also, really a I don't big know, thing.
1: As the English league wraps up soon, it'll be like Yeah, and it's as it's
0: a, as it's becoming real clear where most people will finish, yeah. Then it becomes little micro dramas just with a few teams.
1: I I I really hope, I know at the beginning of the season, I was like, I don't know, Leeds should take their time, do it right. But I want them promoted just so that I can watch them on the TV. <laughs> 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 Not-
0: I think the, I think they and Lester will be back for sure. Oh, Lester and I think, 100%. Uh, all right. We will be back. Um, oh, since, because we are talking about, uh, later this week about MLS kits. Mm-hmm. We don't do like a ranking show of any leagues because that, well, I'll speak for myself. I think it's impossible and they're never right. And that's just not the kind of, that's not what our focus is on.
1: What ranking ranking? Like who's going to
0: win? like based on, you know, like this is how the league's going to shake out. Where are they going to finish? No,
1: that's not the show we have in the past given predictions, but with nothing to inform them. So before (laughs) we go out, who's
0: going to win MLS cup with nothing to inform? Okay,
1: great. Um, I'm going to go positive, and I am going to say the Chicago Fire. <laughs>
0: Chicago Fire. That's a given. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's, yeah. So that is, we looked it's at all the numbers. Our, we, we shook it up.
1: We've crunched them.
0: We will be at a sold-out soldier when the Chicago Fire lift both the U.S. Open Cup and the MLS uh, <laughs> Cup. And the, MLS, uh, cup. A- <laughs> and the, the, the Supporters Shield. Him. And the Supporters <laughs> Shield. And the Peel Cup.
1: Yes. Yes, we
0: were going to find it and uh, and award it to them.
1: We're just going to give it to them because they deserve it.
0: (laughs) And it's probably in their basement. Probably. Yeah. All right.
1: Or in the basement of the White Sox Stadium or something. Yeah.
0: That's it for now.